a long time ago on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 112, Ben's Bullpen Bulletin, looking at the extras from the comic book's cover dated January 1979, including Marvel Super Special Number 8, Battlestar Galactica. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marvel's Cosmic Comics. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am on a journey through the Marvel sci-fi and fantasy uh, licensed comic books that Marvel published from 1977 to 1986. Ben's Bullpen Bulletin is my opportunity to just take a look inside at the ads and at the, the fun stuff that doesn't get covered as we talk about the stories of each month. And so for this episode, we'll be taking a look at that stuff, of course. But we'll also be taking a look at the oversized treasury edition of uh, Marvel Super Special number 8, which was the adaptation of the Battlestar Galactica TV special. And so we will be um, taking a peek at that. We won't be looking closely at the story because I'll be doing that with regular episodes about those issues when we get to those months. For now, we're just going to take a look at these uh, comic books that are cover dated January uh, 1979 and see what they were trying to sell to the children who were picking these comic books off the shelves. One thing they were selling is, again, Lego. And uh, these these Lego ads that I see on the back in full color just take me back to when I looked at those things and just wanted those moving pieces so bad. These were from the Expert Builder series. And, oh, you can turn a steering wheel and it turns gears that turn the, the wheels back and forth. And, oh, man, there's shock absorbers. There's uh, rear axles. There's joints and universal joints. There's a crankshaft there's working engine gears rack and pinion steering system ah man i wanted it so badly now there was also the 100 piece toy soldier set i wanted that but not as badly and then there was the full color poster spectacular advertisement printed on the inside back cover but the advertisement's not in full color it's black and white trying to sell you these you know color photos of of ms teague's and the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders and uh, Farrah Fawcett and Cheryl Ladd and Sean Cassidy and Grizzly Adams. What? Okay, so the girl who puts Grizzly Adams up in her locker door, um, that's the one that – I mean, she's, she's accepting of people. <laughs> it's just kind of odd. Um the uh, the hostess ad is Captain Marvel meets the Dreadnought, and he's uh, saving a spaceship from the Kree and using hostess pies to do so. 
there's a safety wing you can get for your bike, which is this little plastic thing you attach to your bike that has a reflector on it. And it extends out 14 inches to the side of your, your rear wheel. Um, there's the various uh, flea market pages. And you can get your uh, Pizzazz magazine um, in the actual Marvel bullpen bulletin. Uh, Stan Lee is talking about Marvel Super Special number 7, which I will not be covering. But that's uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which is... Really, I mean, it's pretty much uh, a fantasy story, but at the same time, um, it's really expensive. I won't be covering that just because I can't get my hands on it. So uh, there's an ad for all the different Star Wars toys that were coming out and we're now gaining popularity and keeping the Star Wars name alive. The toys and the comics kept that name alive for the children of the world. And so, I mean, I was one of those kids who I had my action figures, I had my comic books, and I had my Star Wars holiday special. And (laughs) if I can digress a little bit, um, I went uh, to my parents' place for Christmas and uh, my gift for my mom was was very nice and it was kind of fun. the the main gift that she gave me was um and she did this for for my wife as well um so my wife my sister and my sister-in-law all got the same gift and it had this riddle that was about you know name this president and then they opened it up and then that was the bill that they had um in the box was this this nice crisp i think it was a 50 dollar bill with hamilton on it or something like that um something like that being no, it was a $50 bill. I know it was not Benjamin Franklin. But uh, what my mom gave to my brother and I um, was there was a question about uh, – the, the trivia question on the front of that was what bounty hunter was introduced in the Star Wars holiday special in 1978 or whatever. Of course, it's, it's uh, Boba Fett. So you open it up and then it, the gift itself was two rolls of bounty uh, – <laughs> two rolls of, of bounty – um, paper towels. Now they happen to be also Star Wars uh, themed uh, paper towels, but you know bounty because bounty hunter. And then there was this page, and it was like, which one of these is not a bounty hunter? And it showed these different pictures of Boba Fett. And then there was also a bill taped to the the page, and obviously Hamilton was not um, the the uh, bounty hunter uh, because Boba Fett. You know, there's four different pictures of Boba Fett. Well, one of them was actually the animated Boba Fett from the holiday special. And then uh, my mom had picked up uh, the holiday special from eBay because she remembered watching this when I was a kid. And, and you know, she remembered uh, this, this this was a thing that existed. And she gave she actually bought two off of eBay, one for myself and one for my brother. And so that part in and of itself is kind of funny. You know, you know she remembered and, and she she got this off eBay and didn't realize what she was actually getting when she got this off of eBay. The thing that cracks me up the most about this was she actually sat through it and watched the whole thing by herself. Um, and she, she said, I can't believe I got this off of eBay. And not only that, I watched it and it's so bad. It's so boring. And so I put my family through the endurance test to see if we could make it through. We did not make it through the holiday special. <laughs> so anyway, the 
Star Wars comic books, action figures, and the holiday special. Those were the things that were getting us through between movies and, and as we were waiting for the next movie to come. Uh, the other thing that gets mentioned in uh, Stan Lee's uh, bullpen bulletin is uh, Battlestar Galactica, Super Special number eight. Um, those are the things that are kind of relevant to my interests here. They also talk about Pizzazz magazine. Um, and they, they say, did, did you hear that Marvel's latest entry in the humor field is becoming the magazine sensation of the year? Fans describe Pizzazz as sort of a cross between crazy and the lampoon. Pizzazz was originally planned just for the younger teenage reader, but you can't keep a dynamite idea under wraps for long. So now everybody's getting into it. It may sound like pizza with a couple extra Z's, but if you really want to blow your mind with the most colorful, slick paper mag in town, just call for Pizzazz. Only 75 cents. Hurry before we come to our senses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cracked, mad, lampoon, and now Pizzazz. So that's uh, what was in the advertisements for for uh, that 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 month. But the other thing that we get is this oversized edition, similar. Well, not just similar. I mean, it's an oversized Treasury edition, a Marvel Super Special, Battlestar Galactica, the official adaptation of the television sensation in full Marvel color. On the back, it says featuring a comics masterpiece, exclusive interviews, pinups by top Marvel artists. The cover itself, um, I've seen two different covers, actually three different covers of this. Um, two of them have the same artwork that I'm looking at here, and one of them has just some gorgeous painted, detailed artwork. The one I'm looking at right here is looks like almost a tracing of that painting, and then they just colored it like a comic book would be colored. Uh and it's got a picture of the Battlestar Galactica in the middle, and there's a couple vipers flying. Um, on the back cover, you've got the Vipers flying away and, and a base station in the back. On the front cover, you got a Viper that's being chased by Cylon Raiders and then some more Cylon Raiders that are, that are coming at you. Uh, it, it's a decent cover. It is not a great cover, though. Um, I look at this and I, I think it's kind of bland. But then there's that painted one. It looks so gorgeous. But uh, this one is – it says just Special Collector's Edition. And then it says MP – and then it says $1.50. This was not printed and distributed by Marvel. This, I believe, was printed and distributed by Charlton for what I was able to find to find out what this uh, MP was. And MP stood for um, Modern modern Promotions. And it, it was published or printed or distributed. I, I don't know exactly who did what. Marvel may have still printed it with, with their own printers. But um, by Charlton. Uh, as as one of their uh, getting on different, um, you know, different magazine racks and that sort of thing. Um, it was, so I found it very interesting that that happened. But uh, yeah, it says this issue distributed by Modern Promotions. It says that in the uh, stuff in the, the on the title page. The contents are Battlestar Galactica, which is the comic book adaptation, uh, which was um, written by Roger McKenzie with uh, Ernie Colon doing the artwork and the coloring. And Jim Novak did the lettering, Ralph Macchio, associate editor, Richard Marshall, the editor, and of course, Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. But this actual volume here also had some articles. The Wizard of Hollywood's Dream Factory, Life in the Future, Battle Tactics, space, Spaceships and Such, Hardware of the Future, and then Aliens and Robots. 
Plus, there are a number of uh, p- pinups, and the pinups are really, really nice. Um, now, and the artwork itself is also really nice, and it has this kind of unique coloring going on that really accents the artwork nicely and makes it look different than what I would consider like a Marvel House style. Uh, it's it's just different and interesting to look at. And then blown up this big. It's not, you know, it doesn't blow me away the same way that say um, 2001. That that edition just blows me away every time I look at it. Just just plain blows me away. But um, this this does the large size. Uh, definitely does a good service for the artwork and allows it to look just crisp and big and um, it's nice. It, it's nice. So I'm, I, I said I'm not going to talk about the story, but the story is the um, the the movie. And when I say the movie, I mean the the first couple of episodes of Battlestar Galactica that were on TV. Uh, they also were in theaters uh, as as a full length movie. Uh, kind of presentation, but it was on TV, and and so that's the story that you're getting in here, and it's it's a good adaptation. We'll talk about the adaptation more when we get to those actual issues on those actual months. So when it comes to the other content, like I said, there's the the pinups and then there's the articles, and the articles themselves, uh, most of them, in fact, all but one of them, are are written by Tom King. I believe is his name. No, Tom Rogers. And I mean, no, no offense to Tom Rogers, but these are written um, basically to explain things you've already seen on the screen and in the comic. Um, it explains what you've seen of the uh, aliens and robots. Well, more will be coming, but for now here, we're going to talk about the Ovians and the Cylons because those are the ones you've seen so far on screen and in script form. And then he talks about battle tactics and how the Battlestar Galactica is like a, um, a aircraft carrier. And then on the spaceships and such hardware of the future, uh, it also talks about how, um, Battlestar Galactica is like an aircraft carrier and, and it describes what you've already seen on the screen. It does give a little bit of interpretation as far as, um, you know, the Cylons will only do this because they only do what's necessary, but, uh, and, and so some of this might actually come from the, the Battlestar Galactica series Bible, but I feel like whoever I mean whoever this Tom Rogers is, I feel like he didn't have a lot of um, a lot of access to that kind of information, you know, extra information that was not seen in the pilot episode or the first couple of episodes. Uh, and I also don't like that he says, um, you know, this he likes to think that this takes place in the future, and I. I mean, clearly, it's not in the future. I mean, the, when they find Earth, it's 1980. It is the present day right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, those articles are really more the kind of thing that when I was, you know, 12, I, I would probably would have really dug those articles and, and found them interesting. But reading them now, I'm just kind of thinking, well, yeah, I already knew this stuff because I've seen this many times. The interesting article is the one um, – it's called a, a conversation. It's it's the Wizard of Hollywood's Dream Factory. A conversation with John Dixtra, interview by Steve Swires. And John Dixtra has worked on a number of different things. He worked on Star Wars, and he's a special effects guy. And he ended up becoming a producer. And it's interesting because it goes through his process of uh, how he became a producer on Battlestar Galactica. 
It also talks about some of the differences that go into doing work for television because of the timeline, but also because of the size of the television. And so their, their models are much, much bigger um, because small models would just get lost on the screen. And, and there's some really interesting stories in this interview as he's talking about just, just the whole process of what went into working on the Battlestar Galactica TV series. And so that's where I would say, you know, this is something I think you can get them fairly cheap. Um, but I think this is worth worth checking out. If you are a fan of Battlestar Galactica, if you're not a fan of Battlestar Galactica, then don't don't worry about it. I mean, you're, why would you read it in the first place? Um, to find if you, if you just want to watch it or watch it, if you just want to read it just to read it, then go find, you know, the cheap issues. And, and if this is one of those cheap issues you can find, then that's great. But um, for me, you know, th- this, I I don't know how I got this. I believe I I, I think my wife's uncle found it and, and bought it and gave it to me, uh, along with a couple other treasury editions uh, from from a uh, antique store that he went to because they they like to go antiquing and do and they actually create crafts out of things that they find in antique stores and, and flea markets and that. So I believe that's where I got this from, but it, it may not be. Uh, I I just don't remember. I just have it. And so the other thing I have is the uh, small edition, the paperback size edition of, of Battlestar Galactica. And this is not something that comes up in the um, Mike's, Mike's amazing world of comics, but this has the same material in it. Uh, This has the comic book material. And it also has the Wizard of Hollywood's Dream Factory, Life in the Future, Battle Tactics, Spaceships and such, Aliens and Robots. And then it has um, the second half of the comic book material. This this is also fun. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I love these paperback size editions of comics. And there's actually some interesting things that they do with the way they have to format the page and move, move the panels around. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm flipping through it right now. If you can hear it through the microphone, uh, but it's the same article. Uh, some of the photos in the article are actually a little bit bigger than they were in the treasury edition, just because of the way that they get laid out. Um, there's some of those same, uh, pinups, not as many, but some, and it's just, it's, it's fun. I, I like this this little volume here. Um, I used to read these paperback sized comics uh, in from my library, from my school library, and that was always fun. When I pull a, a book off the shelf and realize, oh hey, it's not a it's not a book, it's not a novel, it's a comic book. So that's that's fun. So I, I have this Battlestar Galactica, these first couple of issues. I have in three different formats right now. I have that the super big, super small. And then regular. So that brings me to the end of January 1979 cover date. Coming soon. Um, I've just pulled this out. Um, oh, look at this. So next month, we will be taking a look at Micronauts issue number two. We will be taking a look at Star Wars issue number 20. John Carter, Warlord of Mars issue number 21. Godzilla 19. Uh, let's see. Human Fly number 18. And something that's brand new to me. Uh, when I got into this 
part of my excitement was I was going to get be able to revisit ROM, revisit Micronauts. But in the process of collecting all of the different Marvel licensed comics that they did throughout the late 70s and early 80s, there's a series that I'm very excited to take a look at, and that is Shogun Warriors. And so Shogun Warriors issue number one. And the other thing that's exciting to me about that is that I will get to listen to the end half of the Earth Destruction Directive podcast that, well, you see, (laughs) this is how it worked. Um, The early episodes of Earth Destruction Directive cover Ultraman episodes, Godzilla movies, all sorts of things that have to do with kaiju on the screen. And then the the second half of those episodes, he covered an issue of a comic book, starting with Shogun Warriors. Now, he in his current episodes of Earth, Earth Destruction Directive, he's actually covering Godzilla comics, and that's a lot of fun for me to listen to because I have just read them, and I'm slightly ahead of him right now with those. And so I'm reading ahead, and so when those episodes pop up, I'm like, yay, I've already read this. But with Shogun Warriors, I had not gotten around to reading it yet, and now I can go back into my iPod or my, well, my iPhone now, find those episodes where I only listened to the part where you talked about the movie stuff and listen to the Shogun Warriors comic stuff because I, I didn't want to get spoiled. So all that said, that's all I have for January 1979 cover date. And I am excited to take a look at some of the other stuff very, very soon. And, you know, uh, who knows? It's been a while since uh, episodes have gotten posted. And so um, hopefully it'll be quicker again. But for the time being, I am enjoying the other stuff that I'm reading. That's not Marvel's licensed books. Uh, I'm enjoying. I, I actually really enjoyed reading uh, Marvel 2-in-1, number one, featuring Thing and Johnny Storm. That was a, that was a really, really good read. And maybe we'll talk about it on the, the Comic Book Time Machine regular feed. Uh, also, the the Swamp Monster stuff that I've been having fun reading. And yeah, so I'm still reading comics that I'm enjoying. Uh, it's just I, I need to get back into my my Marvel's Cosmic Comics. Why? It's fun and I enjoy it. And that's what you should be doing when you're reading comics is having fun. So with all that said, I just want to say that as you go on your journey, wherever it is that you're going, I pray that you get there safely, and I bid you Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, what Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time.
is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown, an unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. (laughs) 